For this episode of Press Roots, we were joined by senior sports writer from hogbeat.com, Andrew Hutchinson. Hutch was such a great guy to talk to. We learned so very much from him, and we really enjoyed this conversation. We're sure you'll enjoy it as well. He was a great interview, and he had so many things that you can learn from. We hope that you learn a lot. We learned a lot. And if you want to check us out on Twitter, it's at Press Roots Pod. Come interact with us there. It's a brand new Twitter account. That's where we're going to be posting our new episodes, posting some clips from episodes. And if you want to follow our personal accounts, mine is at Chote Mason. Roberts is at drstu 32 Come tweet at us. Interact with us. Our DMs are open if you have anything that you'd like us to work on or anybody that you'd like us to get on the show. We hope that you enjoy this episode, and thank you very much for listening to Press Roots. Before we get to Andrew Hutchinson, we would like to announce that next week we're going to have the voice of Arkansas baseball and women's basketball and co-host of Halftime on ESPN Arkansas, Phil Elson. We're really, really pumped to talk to Phil, a guy that both of us look up to, and we're so excited to see what he has to say. So that's next week. we got Phil Elson lined up. Be looking for that episode to drop next Monday. And now, Andrew Hutchinson. And now we welcome on Andrew Hutchinson from hogbeat.com. Andrew, how's it going today? Going good, guys. Well, we're very excited to talk to you. We're excited to hear about your background. You are one of the up-and-coming, really talented guys in Arkansas sports media, and we're excited to learn your keys to success. Hey, I'm, I'm hoping I can pass along any type of uh, knowledge or advice that uh, I, I found useful coming up uh, when I was y'all's age. Well, our podcast is called Press Roots, so tell us about your roots. Where'd you come from? How'd you get into sports journalism, and what are you doing today? Well, uh, I'm from Springdale, Arkansas, so just down the road from the university. Uh, Grew up there my entire life, went to Springdale High School, and then I think it was probably sometime in junior high, maybe around like eighth grade, when I realized that uh, there really wasn't going to be a demand for a five foot eight, 140 pound wide receiver in the SEC, so uh, especially a slow one at that. So I figured uh, I probably don't have a future playing sports, uh, but sports have always been a huge part of my life, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, whatever. Uh, so I thought, you know, one of my one of my English teachers uh, in eighth grade, uh, Miss Barker, uh, actually suggested like, hey, why, why don't you write about sports? Well, this should be something you should pursue. And uh, so I'd say about eighth or ninth grade, uh, they – uh, that's whenever I started kind of set my, my goals on it. I wrote for the, the student newspaper at Springdale High School, the Bulldog Herald, uh, was a sports editor and editor-in-chief my senior year. Uh, then, obviously, I decided that I wanted to pursue this in college, wanted to go into journalism, and uh, had it kind of had it narrowed down between Arkansas, which is where I've always kind of figured I would go. That's the place I grew up going to games and was being a hog fan and everything and uh, considered Missouri because Missouri is a prestigious 
a journalism program, just like you know, any football player is going to consider Alabama or any basketball player is going to consider Kentucky. I had to consider Missouri and also Oklahoma State. They had a, a sports journalism program. So ultimately went to Arkansas, and, and I'm extremely thankful I did. Really good opportunities to, to get involved right away for the Arkansas Traveler. Uh, did that pretty much within the first couple of weeks on campus. I reached out to them, started doing that. And that led to eventually my sophomore year, got extremely lucky, uh, caught a break with the uh, Whole Hog Sports. Uh, they were hiring, got a position with them, and kind of it's kind of took off from there. Ever since then, I've, I've covered the Razorbacks for one entity or another. Uh, I guess including my year with Arkansas Traveler, I've been doing this, I think, eight years now. So kind of closing in on a decade. Now, you, you talked about how your English teacher was like, why don't you write about this? But was it always writing that you wanted to do or was there ever thought maybe I could do broadcast as well? It was always writing. Uh, I mean, there, I guess there was some thought about doing broadcast. I think during, uh, I think it was my jun in junior high as well. I did a, we you know, got the opportunity to job shadow and I actually went and job shadowed at KNWA and, and did some stuff with uh, formerly Razorback Nation, now Pigtrail Nation. Uh, they even let me shoot a segment uh, talking about uh, one of the upcoming football games, and they actually aired it on television. So I, I do have, quote-unquote, experience uh, doing broadcast. But it, to me, it was always writing. I was always good at writing, and I, I, I was just always more comfortable uh, writing. I like to be able to think about what I'm going to say or write ahead of time, and I can tweak it and make it perfect, whereas – you know, like what we're doing right now, I have to kind of go with the flow and, and don't get to have a lot as much time thinking about what I'm going to say. Tell us a little bit about the gig at Hogbeat. Uh, what is it that you do? What's your role? And how'd you, how'd you get into it? So with Hogbeat, uh, which is the Arkansas Rivals site, uh, we, I, I, I don't necessarily have technically a title. I, I call myself a senior sports writer. Uh, basically, I am the main beat coverage guy whereas my coworker Nikki Chavanel uh, she is the I guess she's technically the I don't know if the publisher is the right word or what but she also is the main recruiting writer uh, really we work uh, together it's hard to say one of us is a, a, over the other we we're, we're co-workers and she covers recruiting she also does you know football beat writing because I mean everyone that's in the business covers football but uh, i cover basketball, I cover football, I cover baseball. That's kind of my uh, niche. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but that's, uh, that's kind of what I do is just for, for all angles. And if there's a, a big story that's involving the track team or involving the soccer team or softball or one of these other sports that aren't one of the big three, uh, I'll also write about them from time to time as well. Where was it? Who was it when you were growing up that really influenced you in your sports journalism career? Yeah, there's, there's been a lot. Um, you know, obviously, Miss Barker, my English teacher back in eighth grade or ninth grade, whenever it was, you know, for her to, to initially push me that direction was, was huge. I uh, had a couple of high school teachers that, that helped me as well. Uh, really, the, the biggest mentor, I guess I could say, is a guy named Jimmy Carter. Uh, don't know if you all remember him, but he uh, used to be a sports writer. Uh, decided he wanted to go and have better hours and make more money by working for Walmart. I uh, can't blame him for that. Uh, but he, uh, he graduated, 
uh, from the U of A the same year I graduated from high school, 2012. So I guess he's about four years older than me. Uh, and he was award-winning a writer at the Traveler and then worked for the newspaper here uh, in Northwest Arkansas, the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and also eventually with Whole Hog Sports covering Arkansas. And he was a very, very good writer and was very, very kind to me and, and just really uh, anytime I had a, a, a big feature type story, that was his strength was feature writing. I feel like that's one of my strengths as well. And anytime I had a feature story, uh, I would send it to him and he would give me his, his feedback, his edits. He wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't hold back. He, he wouldn't just say, Oh yeah, it's, it looks great. He would say, Hey, work on this aspect or work on that. And uh, that I think really uh, helped me early on. And he was a huge factor for, for me even getting the whole hog sports gig when I did as a sophomore in college uh, to get kind of a, a jump start on my career. I'm curious, you, um, you have a lot of colleagues that have been in this industry covering the Razorbacks for a long time. How do you achieve success with so many established reporters out there already? And what makes your writing so unique? Really, it takes a lot of luck. I mean, as I said, sophomore year of college, I wasn't really looking to do anything. I was pretty content just going to class and writing for the traveler and, you know, making just a, a little bit of cash with that. Uh, but whenever uh, Jimmy uh, told me like, Hey, you should apply for this job. Uh, I did. And he gave, he kind of gave me a good recommendation and uh, kind of was the kind of the kickstarted everything. And really you just kind of got to get your foot in the door. That's the hardest part. And you have to have a little bit of luck with that. I mean, obviously hard work, I mean, I worked my butt off uh, with The Traveler. I mean, writing just story after story, cranking out a ton of content, uh, which is really important in, in this day and age. And so uh, really it takes a lot of luck. And then as far as what makes my writing unique, I, I, have, a, I have a really strong math background. Uh, if you ask my grandpa, uh, he thinks I'm stupid for going into sports writing because I can make a lot of money as an engineer or, you know, whatever doing using my talents in math, uh, I actually got a minor in mathematics at the U of A. Uh, don't really use a ton of that stuff that I learned getting that, but I just was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm good at it. I enjoy math. And so, uh, but really just my, my love for numbers is huge for, for sports because there's numbers are inherently part of sports themselves, especially like sports like baseball. I mean, I grew up, you know, knew all about, you know, why 755 home runs was significant with Hank Aaron, why uh, 61 home runs with Roger Maris, and then 70 home runs, and then 73 home runs in a season was significant, you know, hitting 400. Uh, those those were all numbers that, that meant a lot to me, and I just kind of always researched numbers, and uh, I used that kind of background and statistically driven type stuff to, to write my stories, to guide my you know, if I do write a column uh, that, that is opinion, then I try to back it up with statistics and things like that. And I think that that's what really makes me unique, that and the fact that even though I'm, I guess I'm 26 years old, I have a very strong understanding of the knowledge of Arkansas sports uh, that I learned from my parents and my grandparents who have been lifelong fans, season ticket holders. I grew up going to games. So uh, unlike people who move in from out of state, which, you know, there is something to that, you know, say you went to school in California to come cover Arkansas there, you know, you, there is no, uh, nothing wrong with that, but 
me knowing the history of Arkansas, I think really helps and helps me connect to the fan base. Uh, I'm not a homer by any means. Uh, I, I hate that word. I hate that term. Uh, sometimes it's kind of implied just because I am from Arkansas and grew up a fan. I don't deny the fact that I was a fan growing up, but being in this business, it kind of takes the fan out of you uh, as far as being a fan of the Razorbacks. Now I consider myself just a fan of sports. Uh, I want to see great games. I want to see incredible achievements. I want to see records broken, uh, things that are, are fun to write about. Uh, so, you know, I, that's, that's what I root for uh, as a sports writer now. I don't root for Arkansas to win. I'd be lying, if I, though, if I said that Arkansas winning is, is good for business. Uh, people are more willing to subscribe to a site like ours uh, when Arkansas is good compared to back-to-back two and ten seasons. Uh, but uh, I don't actively root for Arkansas. I'm not going to, you know, put my rose-colored glasses on and tell you how great Arkansas is going to be. I'm going to shoot you straight. I'm going to cover it with an unbiased angle and attack it like that. So, but the my my knowledge of the fan base, my knowledge of the history of Arkansas, as well as my uh, understanding of numbers and statistics and my love for that, my love for research, I think really kind of helps me stand out over uh, the more established and older guys on the beat. So I was, I was going to ask you, you are, you're known as the stat guy. And when you're in the press booth, everybody's looking to you for a number when they're asking about records and they're like, Hutch, what's that record? And you just look over and you're flipping through your books, trying to figure it out. So you take pride in that. You take pride in being the stat guy. You don't, you're not like you don't feel weird about it you're you're excited about it you like being that number guy yeah I, I absolutely love it I love numbers I don't shy away from the fact that I'm a nerd uh, I love researching things I love looking things up in the media guide I love having to go back and, and look at microfilm or something like that of old newspapers from the 80s and 70s and things like that to, to look up stuff I mean I've got I've got a, a football database that is kind of my baby that I've compiled like quarter by quarter scoring for games dating back to the early sixties. Uh, someday I would like to have the entire history uh, in my database. And I've got all the 100 yard rushing games, 100 yard receiving games, 300 yard passing games. And I've got it all in this nice big spreadsheet where it, I can easily sort through it and find it and, if anyone has a, a question similar to that, like in the press box, you know, I don't mind sharing my information. Now I usually try to get it on Twitter first or I include it in my stories. Sometimes I hang, hang on to stuff myself, but to me, that kind of stuff, I mean, that, that needs to be out in the public. I mean, it needs to be uh, easily accessible uh, by people. And that's kind of what I try to do is I try to take in all of this information, try to store it all up in my head. And then whenever it's needed, I, give it out to people. And that's kind of what I, I, I strive for. And I kind of, I didn't really know that that was going to be my thing uh, when I first started, uh, but it really makes sense. I mean, you could ask my parents. I mean, when I was 12, 13 years old, I was looking up random stuff and being like, oh my gosh, dad, did you know that in 1984 that so-and-so did this with this? And that's the most that's ever been since then. And my dad would always be just like, oh, that, that's great. Who cares, really? But now it's like I can share this to a wide fan base, and they do care, and they're people that do appreciate it. And to me, that, that's really awesome. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about social media and what, what part of 
your job that is uh, obviously in the digital age it's really crucial to journalist success but um tell us tell us how it works for you yeah it's kind of a love-hate relationship with social media uh, i may be young but there are still times where i hate having to put stuff on twitter and stuff I and mean, obviously anything i write links and stuff like that i like to put out there um however i've gotten into i probably need to be a little bit better as far as like tweeting during games and like tweeting updates and things like that. I know that's something that uh, my colleague Nikki is, is really good at and she always encourages me to do so, but I'm also like, yeah, but I'm also researching this statistic, you know, during this time that you, you would be spending on putting something on Twitter, uh, things like that. So I'm like, you know, I, I want to use Twitter. I want to use Twitter as a, a vehicle to share my work, but also use it, uh, to interact with the fan base. I think a lot of fans appreciate that. I try to be pretty personable on Twitter. Uh, I like to interact with people. Uh, I love it when people you know, come up to me, at, you know, wherever. If I'm at Chick-fil-A, someone may come up to me and say, hey, are you, are you NWA Hutch? I follow you on Twitter. I, you know, I love that. Uh, you know, it kind of, it makes me feel kind of cool. You know, I, I joke with people all the time, like, I'll never be rich but, you know, as part of the, everyone wants to be rich and famous. I'll never be rich, but there may be a little bit of, of fame that comes along with it, notoriety and, and stuff. And that makes me feel good. Uh, it's not necessarily what I strive for or anything like that, but I'd be lying if I said it didn't, you know, mean a lot to me. And that's, and social media is a huge part of that. Uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook is a cesspool, uh, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. Uh, there are, a lot of uneducated people. Uh, there are a lot of just not great stuff on there. However, it is a necessary evil because it, you know, you write a story and it gets shared 50 times that you're increasing your audience like tenfold. Uh, so uh, it, it's a necessary evil. I, I don't necessarily interact with people as much on Facebook uh, unless it's me unless someone says just something absolutely ridiculous or asks a question that's answered literally in the first sentence of the story, then I'll kind of casually point it out be like, well, your, your question is answered in the first two sentences. And I'll tell them that. Or if they're just completely wrong, I like to tell people like, you can't truly believe that. You can't possibly be that stupid. Uh, but unfortunately on Facebook, the answer is usually yes, they can possibly be that stupid. What is something that you do every day to get better as a journalist? For me, I listen to podcasts. I listen to probably three podcasts a day because I'm a broadcast guy. So I want to get better at, you know, knowing how to ask questions, how to talk when you're on air for you, you're a writer. So what are things that you're doing each day to become better at your job? Well, really similar to what you just said. I, I, re I try to read as much as I can. Uh, I don't read as probably much as I want to now, especially I have a seven month old daughter that keeps me pretty, pretty preoccupied. Uh, but whenever I can, if there's a, a good story, I try to read. I'm, I'm constantly on Twitter to stay up to date with, with everything as much as I possibly can. Uh, that's really the, the main thing I do every day is just to try to stay fully immersed in it. Even whenever I'm on vacation, uh, my wife gets on to me sometimes because, you know, we went to, we went to a, with my family, we took a family vacation uh, down to Heber Springs. We got a house on the river, just beautiful, totally relaxing type of, of environment uh, for Father's Day weekend. 
but there were still times where I still got on my phone and I checked Twitter. I made sure I was up to date on all the news. Uh, I even wrote a couple of stories. You know, there was, uh, that was, I was out of town whenever uh, Reggie Chaney announced that he was transferring to, I guess it was Houston. And so I updated my transfer tracker story that, you know, has where all of the recent guys have transferred to. Uh, so I, I'm constantly just kind of fully immersed in both my beat itself, you know, staying up to date with Arkansas stuff, but then also reading other sports writers, other journalists uh, that I look up to and are just, you know, really, you know, I subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, they have just tremendous writers over there. And, and anytime there's an interesting story, it may be something about Minnesota football that I don't really care about, but it's just interesting. And so I read it and and just kind of try to soak it in as much as I can. And that's, that's my biggest piece of advice to anyone coming up in the business when they ask me you know, what they can do. I, you know, I tell them, you know, work, work your butt off uh, and also read, 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 because, you know, the more you read, uh, the better writer you'll be. Yeah. Um, I was wondering about, you know, you said you have a seven month old child. What, what sort of changes happen with your career when you get married and when you have a child what sort of what sort of wrench does that throw into your world if any yeah it's it's uh it's a challenge uh I bet you could ask my wife about this and she'd give you all sorts of answers and you know it it's something that has to be when you when you get to the point where you want to have a family and you're dating someone and you know the the concept of marriage comes up and everything you have to make sure they understand that you have a job that does not have normal hours uh, I'm going to be working most weekends because, you know, that's when football games are. That's when basketball games are. That's when baseball games are. Uh, you're, I'm going to be at any time. The, the example I use, I, I wasn't covering Arkansas at the time, but the example I use is you never know when the head football coach is going to drive his motorcycle into a ditch with his mistress on the back. You just never know when that's going to happen. And so you've got to always be prepared. Anytime we go out, I always have my backpack that has – my laptop in it I'm always ready to go I am constantly you know I've, I've had this happen where I'm laying in bed at 10 o'clock at night and I'm just trying to relax and go to sleep and then something breaks and I have to go write a quick story about it or something like that and there's there's late nights you know when Brett Bielema was fired immediately after the Missouri game I had no idea that you know I was going to be at on campus even later than normal after a game and so I always had to tell, you know, my wife and, and she's, she's very understanding. Uh, I love her to death. Marley, uh, she is, is fantastic. Uh, but, you know, you, you, she has to understand and she does, there are times where she gets frustrated. She's like, oh my gosh, would you please get off your computer? Or would you please just, I just want to talk to you. And I'm like, well, I, I, I have to get this up right now. Uh, but you have to also have a balance. You have to also be able to shut it off. You have to be able to say, okay, today, five o'clock, you know, she gets off work, 5.30, she's here. I'm going to put my work up and I'm going to spend time with her. I'm going to make dinner and, and maybe watch a movie or something like that. Uh, you know, when, when the baby comes, that's, that's even more of a challenge. Uh, I've noticed that uh, whenever, you know, this baseball season before it got canceled because of everything going on in the world, uh, used to whenever – before I was married, even I would get there, get to games even earlier. And then now that I have a kid used to, I, I would try to get the bomb stadium hour and a half to two hours early just to be there, 
you know, be able to get the lineups as soon as they're in, be able to walk around the concourse, meet fans, uh, just to fully immerse myself in the environment. Uh, now, uh, during the shortened season, I was, it was not uncommon for me to get into the press box 30 minutes before first pitch. It was a little bit stressful for me. I'm, I'm always, you know, if I'm not at least 15 minutes early, I'm late kind of guy. And so that, that really just changed, you know, because I was always spending time at home with the baby. Uh, someone has to – you can't just leave a baby by itself. Uh, you have to always be with it. And uh, I love my daughter. Uh, she's fantastic. She actually just started uh, going to daycare this week. Uh, that's one reason you don't hear a screaming baby in the background right now. Uh, and it was why well, I was able to, to do this at pretty much any time because I, she's kind of out of my hair right now. But uh, I have truly enjoyed, um, you know, having, having the, the whole pandemic happen uh, sucks. I know y'all are, are in this business. Y'all love sports yourselves or you wouldn't be in this business. So it sucks not having sports to go watch in person, watch on TV. But the one positive of all this is that for the last three or however many long months, I have been completely 100% in dad mode. Uh, I still write stories and everything, but I've been able to spend a ton of time with my daughter and it's been, I, I've, I truly cherish it. And so uh, if this, if this pandemic was going to happen at any time, this was the perfect time for it to happen because I've been able to, to spend so much time with her as uh, you know, in her first few months of life. Now, if you weren't covering Arkansas, is there something else or some other team that you'd be covering? And is this, is this like where you wanted to hit the peak for your career? Or do you have, is this just a stepping stone? Is Hogbeat a stepping stone to where you want to eventually go in your career? It's a good question. And I, I get asked it quite a bit, even by my parents and, and my wife. And I really, at, at one point I thought, you know, maybe the dream was to, to work for ESPN or sports illustrated or something like that. But, but honestly, I feel like my strengths as a writer that we talked about earlier, knowing the history of Arkansas football and Arkansas sports in general, and just having a really good, firm understanding of the fan base, I just, it makes me nervous, you know, thinking about trying to do that and learn everything about that with another program. I mean, I've seen it with Nikki, my coworker, you know, she, she did not know anything about Arkansas before she came here. She's from Texas grew up in the Houston area, went to SMU. Uh, obviously, she knew a lot about the previous staff with Chad Morris and Joe Craddock and all the assistants that came from SMU, which was a fantastic resource to have on our team. But she also knew nothing about how the fan base is. Arkansas is a very unique fan base. It can be sensitive at times. And, like, I'll never forget, the first, within the first couple of months of us being in charge of Hogbeat, uh, Arkansas was playing in the College World Series in 2018. Y'all don't need me to tell you what happened in game two of the finals. When that happens, when, when the pop-up wasn't caught, it was just absolutely devastating. The entire Arkansas fan base is like in mourning at that time. I mean, even though, you know, they still had a chance in game three, but everyone was just like, oh my God, here we go again with Arkansas. And Nikki had posted something on Twitter like, uh, well, hey, at least Drake's album drops at midnight or something like that. And I mean, people just lost their freaking minds. Uh, being like, how could you do this? Like this, you're just, you're just, I mean, just relentless. And I mean, I had no idea any of this stuff was going on because I was fully immersed in my work in Omaha until, you know, our boss calls and says, hey, 
what's going on? And I was like, oh, God, you know, it's, it's the fan base. And someone who has been around Arkansas all this time knows they can be very sensitive, especially in times like that, when there's things like that happening. And I, I have that background. I have that history. And so, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, to have to learn that of another fan base. I, I see myself being in Arkansas as long as I possibly can until layoffs inevitably, inevitably cost me my job. Uh, I'm going to try to stay in this business. I'm going to ride this wave as long as I possibly can. Uh, I want to be uh, a guy kind of like a, like a Nate Allen or a Bob Holt or uh, a Clay Henry, guys that have literally made their careers covering Arkansas sports and are, you know, widely respected uh, by fans across the state as, as kind of a, a, a voice covering the Razorbacks. That's kind of what I envision myself being uh, in, in the future, you know, 30, 40 years down the line. So you mentioned the fan base. On, on that topic, uh, we had Trey Biddy on last week, and he talked about how it's really critical to have that connection with the community. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how the message board feature is beneficial to your product. Yeah, I think it's great because, you know, these, these people are paying, you know, however much a month, I think it's like $10 a month or $100 a year for us. Uh, they, they're paying not just for access to the Razorback News, but they're also paying to have access to my knowledge or Nikki's knowledge of recruiting. And they can, they're, they know that they're totally welcome at any time to ask a random question about the Razorbacks. Uh, and if I don't have an answer, if Nikki doesn't have an answer, we're going to do our best to try to find an answer. Uh, but we also are, you know, talk about, you know, just life in general. Like whenever I had my baby, uh, everyone was, you know, super congratulatory. I got messages from people saying, oh, well, I just had mine, you know, two years ago. And here's this, this, this piece of advice. And it just kind of creates this connection. And, and people are more willing uh, when there's times like this, when there's no sports going on, and there's really hard to produce content and things like that. They're willing to stick around because they like you as a person. And I think there's something to that. I think you have to be able to, to have that connection to, to fans, to subscribers. Uh, I talked about it like on social media as well. Uh, so that way they, they, they stick to you and they, they, whenever they do need information, whenever they want information on something, uh, you've got to, you got to be able to, to go in and, uh, provide they want you want them to come to you to find their information not someone else and I think if you have a connection with them they're more likely to do that well Andrew we love this we're going to hit a rapid fire round real quick and then we'll let you go um, all right what is your favorite stat overall any sport the stat that you love to reference Probably the fact that uh, Brett Bielema, who is infamous for blown leads, was the head coach for the greatest comeback in Arkansas history in terms of a point differential. Not only that, but it came nine games after he coached the largest collapse in school history with the Belk Bowl uh, being the collapse and the Ole Miss game the following year being the comeback. All right. What's the coolest venue you've seen a game at? Uh, I'm a baseball guy, so I'll probably say either Fenway Park or Wrigley Field. I was blessed to be able to go to games at both. Favorite movie genre? Uh, probably comedy. I like to laugh. What's your favorite sports talk show? Mm, as far as TV or radio? Either. You know, I, 
I listen to all of them, so I don't really have a favorite. I mean, got the ones I listen to up here in Northwest Arkansas, I'll give them a shout out. I, I listen to, uh, you know, the the, the Morning Rush uh, with, uh, I guess it's Ty is now on there. Uh, then I listen to I listen to Josh Bertaccini as well. And then in the afternoon, uh, I listen to uh, the Ruskin and Zach show, Zach and Ruskin. All right, so tell me about your ideal concert. You get to pick the act, and you get to pick where the concert is being played. <laughs> so this is funny. It's something Mason may know from being in the, the press box at, at Bomb with, with me, is, is I literally know nothing about music. Uh, I know a little bit. Uh, to me, for a concert, now I have started to get a little bit more cultured because of my wife. Uh, she loves music. She's like the complete polar opposite in that standpoint. She loves going to concerts. I want to be entertained, not just have it be good music, but I want whoever it is that's up there to be a, a good performer and a good entertainer. So I don't really have a, a specific answer to that, but uh, also I'm probably the absolute worst person to ask anything <laughs> music related. <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right. So you can only watch one sport for the rest of your life and it can't be baseball, football, or basketball. What are you watching? Oh gosh. Um, Is it, is it cheat? Well, I don't know. I, hockey is really, I don't really understand the full rules of hockey, uh, but every time it's on, it's, it's incredibly entertaining. I've, I've been able to go to a couple of NHL games in person that have been really fun, including a game in Nashville where it was like sold out arena and stuff. I don't understand. I would like to learn the rules of hockey a little bit more, but it, I think if I had to choose one, uh, hockey would probably be it because I think it's just incredibly entertaining. Yeah, I uh, I grew up right outside of D.C., so I've I've been to a lot of Capitals games, and I bet I bet Nashville is a really cool place to see a game. I don't know if you've been into to any uh, Razorback games in Springdale, the club team, but uh, those are pretty fun to go to. I covered a couple for the Trav this year. Cool. I may have to check that. I've I've thought about that in the past. So I may have to try to check that out. Well, Andrew, we really appreciate you coming on and we wish you the best of luck as you more move forward in your career. And we both definitely are big fans of you and we are very appreciative of you letting us pick your brain a little bit today. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. And as always, any anything you ever need, you know, feel free to reach out. Thanks, Thanks so man. much, Hutch. We appreciate it. Yep. Another huge thank you to Andrew Hutchinson for joining us on Press Roots today. We had a great time chatting with him, and we can't wait till next week when Phil Elson joins us. You know Phil for his work calling Razorback baseball and women's basketball games, as well as hosting the ESPN Arkansas show Halftime. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter, send us a tweet at PressRootsPod, or a direct message with any feedback or suggestions you might have for us. Once again, thank you very much for listening to Press Roots, and we'll see you next time.